this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Oh, sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're covering Season 5, Episode 2, entitled Madrigal. Madrigal. Uh, do we have any news or events or anything happening before we get to the recap? I got some audience statistics. Okay. Uh, Our audience statistics or AMC's? AMC's. Unfortunately, so for I se- wish it was ours. For the season premiere, they got 2.9 million. That's pretty good. And last night's episode, only 2.29, which is sad because I feel like last night was much more representative yeah. of a Breaking Bad. Like, if people are just like, I want to see what this Breaking Bad fuss is all about, and then watch last week's episode, I don't like, know. Magnets, how do they work? Yeah. This week, they would have been like, yeah, Mike. Yeah. They Actually, got, they probably would have been totally lost. I don't know. Anybody picking up in season five, I feel like you're going to miss so much. So what do you think of this episode? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I feel like it hit all the Breaking Bad high points. Yeah, this is what... I've got to say, this is probably one of my favorite episodes. I mean, it's not Crawl Space. It's not uh, Box Cutter. It's it's not The Fly. But it's it's really good. Great writing. Mm -hmm. Great uh, acting. Great direction. Great acting. uh, Good dialogue. Funny dialogue. Tints. So a couple of genuine... Tits? I didn't see any tits. (laughs) Uh, no, didn't have tits. You have to go to oh. Game of Thrones for that. Uh, genuinely tense uh, scenes. There's at least two that I was kind of on the edge of my uh, love seat. Yeah. So loved it. I uh, I, I got to say that. And in, in fact, I kind of got frustrated that last week's was such a downer. I feel like last week should have been like the episode 14 denouement or denouement. 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 Of last season. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like it, you should have opened up with with this, you know, with the magical electromotive guy mm-hmm. offing himself. I mean, there were some things that they needed to do, right? I mean, they needed to address the cameras. But you, but you know what? Last that just felt like you know in the wire in the wire that ev- the the all the action happened in like the penultimate episode, uh-huh. and then the last episode is kind of a wind down. Gotcha. Yeah, I felt like if Breaking Bad wanted to do that, they should have done that structure so they can just open up with a bang. Uh-huh. You know? Well, they like the cliffhanger. Or not necessarily the cliffhanger, but going out on a bang yeah. in the season, which yeah. I can't blame them. Yeah. You no. want people to come back. I just think that uh, the season opener was stinky. That's all there is to it. Yeah. It definitely was not as good as this one. Also- uh, There were at least three moments in this that are great. Oh, yeah. Great moments. Also, I don't know what the mailbag looked like, but on- Huge. Uh, Facebook stuffed like Santa's Claus pants in Facebook and on uh, on the internet at large on Reddit. It seems like this episode uh, combined with last week's episode, people are finally in mass 
jumping off the Walt bandwagon. They're abandoning the crystal <laughs> ship. God, I'd hope so. I mean, I, I got that point in season three, definitely moving to season four, but wow, it's like, early. it seems like uh, just his naked manipulation of everyone around yeah. him is what's really turning people off and making mm. them feel squicky. And, and kudos for Villigan and crew for making us really feel that squick yeah. uh, with Skyler and, and, mm. and Jesse. Yeah, there were a couple things they that they've done to the audience this episode that I really liked. We'll, uh-huh. we'll get into it when we get into those specific scenes. So are you going to give this on a Breaking Bad scale? Uh, a good solid nine. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking eight and a half, so it's trending, trending to nine. If you're saying Crawl Space is a ten, this is a nine. Okay. I don't know. I'm not sure if I would give Crawl Space a ten. Crawl Space is as good as it gets for Breaking Bad, in my opinion. Really? Yeah. That is the highlight of Breaking Bad for me so far. Hmm. Wow. Strong, strong praise. <laughs> I liked it. Strong praise. Okay, uh, are we ready for the recap? I, I'm ready. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Ersh. Er, er, <laughs> I can't speak German. Not even uh, honorific. Er Schuler. Yeah, Er Schuler. Uh, let's talk about him. This man does not enjoy his honey mustard with 2.2% less honey. No, not at all. And he, he's, he's, as soon as they told him that, that they'd taken away that honey, he's <laughs> like, I, I don't want I don't want to live in a world where uh-huh. we ship substandard honey mustard to the American Midwest. <laughs> not at all. And I, I, you know, I, I don't blame him for that. Sure. Uh, French. I mean, the less said, the better. Yeah. The taste in that guy's mouth couldn't have been good. No. All those, he's got barbecue. He's got, uh, a jalapeno, and no or palate something. cleanser, no, no, no mm. like pickled ginger. And what was he eating that with? Uh, tater tots, <laughs> no, not tater tots. Yes, they were. Were they? They yeah. were crunchy though, real crunchy. Tater tots I are thought crunchy. They were pig skins. I thought they were. Uh, what do you call them? Really, the fried pig skins. What do they call? Uh, pork chitlins, pork rinds. Pork rinds? Yeah, that's no, what I thought. No, no, they no? were tater tots. Oh, According really to the Breaking Bad Insider, they were they were tater tots. Okay, fair enough. Um, they would know. So, what do you think of our first glimpse of Madrigal Electromotive? Uh, very clean, well run place, like the Germans mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the takedown of the Los Pollos Hermano sign. Yeah, yeah, and a couple of other weird signs there. Uh, did you notice uh, the nod to Vince Gilligan's? 1988, 1998 movie Home Fries. Not until you told me about it. Uh, the Burgermatic sign. That's the burger joint that uh, they all worked in in there. I guess it's huh. a Luke and Owen Wilson joint. Was it? Yeah. I've never seen it. Didn't even know it existed. Yeah, it was like three or four broken noses ago for uh, <laughs> Owen Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I, I got to say that I really liked... I, I kind of worried coming into the season what would be the big bad for this year. Oh, I know who it is. It seems like that, if anything, this is just broadened. Killing off Gus has broadened the scope because we already had Central America, North America. Now we've got Europe involved. We don't know how menacing this, you know, magical electric motive deal, how far up the chain of command, the rotten, this yeah. goes. Yeah. So we'll see. Um I did. What did, what did you think about him uh, using a defibrillator, an automatic defibrillator, to kill himself? Uh, I had no problem with it. No problem with it. No, I know it can. It's it's not guaranteed to stop your heart, but it throws it out of out of rhythm, and then it could stop because of that. Uh, is couple, what is what I've read about it. Right. A couple of people on our Facebook site 
I quibbled with it because you cannot use those if it detects uh, a heartbeat. Like it's got oh. a built-in thing. So if he had it in his mouth, presumably that wouldn't work. There's some back and forth on that. I, I noticed on the Insider podcast they said that they deliberately changed the markings and made it like a different-looking model. Uh, mm-hmm. Number one, because I guess you can't use like an off-the-shelf defibrillator to kill someone because you could be sued for gross misuse of product. <laughs> Or misrepresentation of product. You're talking about in a television show? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That okay. the, the Breaking Bad and AMC could be sued for that. So they actually made their own brand. And uh-huh. I was going to say, likely not product placement. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, I I also want to talk about something that James Pontywan Wazik, who is the uh, TV critic for the Times, wrote hmm. um, that I thought on the second rewatch. Uh, he's comparing. Gus's lab to the magical electric mode of tasting facility. Yeah. He says it's the kind of irony Breaking Bad loves that Schuler's legitimate job is another one that, as Walter White does on a more extreme level, profits by isolating chemical combinations that stimulate the pleasure centers of a brain. <laughs> it may not be criminal, but there's more than a little parallel between the tense, pristine setting in the magical lab and Gus Fring's late super lab. Just as Captain Cook Jesse once laced his meth with chili pepper, so do Schuler's cooks pride themselves on creating a pure, chili more intensely powder. stimulative product. Yeah. You like that parallel? I, I like that take. That's really good. Uh, anything else we want to talk about on the scene? Uh, it was right after that, during the commercial break, we got a KFC commercial <laughs> and they're trying to capitalize maybe, on the los Pos. that's what i'm thinking yeah. Pos Hermanos, i thought they were going to introduce a new flavor franch nice French. nice uh move on to uh the manufacturing of a fake rice and cigarette over conversation regarding mm-hmm. basically the uncertainty of life and how anything could happen yeah. especially the children uh critically we find that walt keeps the real rice in. yeah uh, so this answered a lot of questions that we had from last week. You know, who had the rice and cigarette? Walt does. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you make of him hiding the poison right in the middle of the Walt or the White family bedroom? I didn't know that that was significant. I'm assuming you have some sort of take on it. Um, a lot of people on Reddit are saying that that's symboliz- symbolizing that that's going to be used on Skyler. A lot of people thought that the two yellow hungry hippos was what? a big deal. <laughs> Are we, you shitting me? We got some listener feedback on that, I think. Wow. I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> right. Well, so, that, I don't know. That is I don't off think... because they are different colors in a full board game. That's true, yeah. Uh, mm. But I don't think where he hit it is as important as the fact that he has it. All right. And it's still there. Like you said when we were watching it, it's been there since season two. Mm-hmm. This is the longest running thread in Breaking Bad, as far as I know. The longest running checkoff, uh, anything. Well, the, yeah, the, the first mentioned rice and to kill someone, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, you're right, you're right. They actually synthesized this in, in season four, but still, yeah. Sure, yeah. They've been mentioning ricin and like long lived the ricin theories. I mean, my God, <laughs> definitely. Um, so. Walt offers to come over to help Jesse clean up and do a last-ditch search for the the cigarette. We kind of know, and uh, we open up our show with uh, the band Whitey's playing uh, "Stay on the Outside." Hmm. That's kind of that uh, you know up up tempo montage music for them searching Jesse's house. Uh, yeah. We kind of we know what's going to happen. There's a little tension about how Walt was going to do it. Yeah. Did you fig- did you figure he's going to do the Roomba? 
No, no. I didn't as either. Soon, as soon as he looked at it and asked Jesse, I was like, yep, yeah, okay. Yeah, he already planted. So but I, I, I thought uh, we were going to see him, like, you know, look behind himself and, like, drop it in uh-huh. a clean, uh, uh, like, a air conditioner vent or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm... I think the way that they did it was actually pretty smart because Jesse says he checked it a week ago. It could certainly have fallen out of his pocket and the Roomba not picked it up until a day sure. ago. It made a lot of sense, I right. think. So. Um, a lot of people with Roombas on the internet pointed out that a Roomba will not pick up something like a cigarette. Probably not, yeah. And they're speculating that later on the season, the Roomba is going to be at Jesse's feet. He's mm-hmm. going to fumble a cigarette and we're going to see the Roomba just roll right over to cigarettes. And he's yeah. going to think, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. You gotta you you buy that? I could totally see that happening. Mm-hmm. Jesse, there there has to be some reckoning for what Walt's done yes. at some point with Jesse because that's that's where he's done too much to him. Every episode that goes by and Jesse doesn't make these connections and Hank doesn't make these connections is going to just ratchet up the tension. Yeah, um, especially with Mike there pointing the finger at Walt, saying yeah. that's your problem, Jesse. Get away from this guy. Right. Right. Yeah, uh, and I'm kind of surprised that Walt is putting up with the continuing trying to drive a wedge. Maybe he's so secure in that position now that he just doesn't think he's vulnerable. He, yeah. Uh, so of course we find it, um, and we get a awesome forehead vein bulge breakdown <laughs> out of Aaron Paul. Uh, he starts impressively enough, but then when he grabs that neck and starts mm. to asphyxiate himself, it just you know yeah, it's over the top. Phew. You could it's, it's his his Ford's like a relief map of the Appalachian <laughs> mountain range, um, and also this is just mind fucking on a professional level, right? Oh yeah, he's there rubbing his shoulders, yeah. telling him, "Oh, don't worry, it's you found it." And ah, and and how like you know the important thing is we had each other's backs, and that's why uh-huh. we survived. And, and keep that in mind going forward. Yes, keep that in mind. Make sure you remember that we're together here. This is the textbook abusive manipulating relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did you? Uh, the, some people thought that they saw that. Uh, I saw this on Facebook a lot. Walt was rolling his eyes behind Jesse's back. Did you? No, I didn't get that. I didn't get that. Like. That would have been another level of asshole even further. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't believe those guys having a breakdown over the right, stupid Right, right. Oh, my God, Jesse. Jesus, you're so <laughs> stupid. I just thought it was Walt. I mean, it kind of, that's how Walt acts when he's uncomfortable around strong emotion. Uh-huh. He kind of, like, you know, looks around and, you know. So that's yeah. – I, I didn't take anything more than that. Um, he was just a little shifty because he knew he was to blame, you know. Right, right. Uh, so we go to a view of the man trout's man cave, <laughs> and he's I'm having himself <laughs> he's having himself a little uh, movie marathon. Yeah. Did you notice about uh, anything about the movie he's watching? Uh, what is it? The Cane Mutiny? The Cane Mutiny. With Humphrey Bogart. About the mental instability of a naval captain and the resulting mutiny of the crew. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I think I got this from... Uh, Andy Greenwald's uh, review on Grantland. Specifically, this scene was where the first officer is relieving the captain of his duties because he's not mentally fit to read, lead the rest of his ship. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's pretty much dead on. Yeah, there's a parallel here. And I read a quote from Vince Gilligan that said it, there, are, there can definitely be parallels drawn there. Sure. So. Well, I it, mean, it wasn't even if he said there's no way you can draw. No, I mean, this is a very <laughs> proud tradition for Breaking Bad. We saw mm-hmm. it twice in last season where what was going on. Uh, the one that I remember the most is the bridge over the uh, River Kwai. Yep. 
um, how what was going on directly paralleled what was going on in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of uh, Mike uh, sipping on the insurers? <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. So he can't eat, right? He got shot through. He got the shot in side. the gut. I'm, I, I got yeah. that. That he's on a all liquid diet still. That makes sense. And he's doing a lot. Liquid of, includes beer, by the way. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know if the uh, the doc would uh, be a big mm. fan of that uh, self medication, but probably not. Um, do you think that that's going to come into play as the season progresses? Last Is year, it sure. No, the fact that he's still <laughs> not you. fully healed. I mean, last week, year we had the whole, you know, Chekhov's cough. Uh-huh. Now we got Chekhov's insurer or his, his liquid <laughs> diet. No, no, I don't think that's going to come into play. It doesn't seem I, to keep him from murdering fools. Yeah, he took Chris out, no problem. Yeah. I, I think Mike's a tough guy, and a one gunshot is not going to do him in. No, you did take multiple, multiple gunshot wounds. Did he have multiple shots? No, I said it would take multiple. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, so Mike doesn't want to be 33% partners. Nope. He calls Walt trouble, a time bomb. Um, tells Jesse, get away from him. Get away from him. He knows what's good. Uh, then Walt stands up and tells him to sleep on it and, and demands that the man shake his hand. Yeah. Like Jesus, Walt stands there for a good five minutes. Right. Just waiting for that handshake. It is. I didn't think it was coming. I didn't either. I thought Mike was just going to fold his arms. And just, uh, just that five second pause there did a lot to ramp up the tension of the episode. Absolutely. Why do you think Mike shook his hand? I think it was for Jesse's benefit. Honestly, I think it's to get the fucker out of his living room. Like (laughs) really? You think Walt was just going to stand there or that's what he thought? I don't. I, I, I just like. Yeah, you know, a lot of people said in 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 everywhere that nobody does world weary like Jonathan Banks. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, I am so tired of this asshole in my life. Mm-hmm. If if this will speed his passage out of it by ten seconds, yeah, it's what is a handshake to me? Nothing. Mm-hmm. So. You know, because Mike knows he holds ultimate power. He could whip yeah. out a gun and blow his head off right now. Yeah, he's never had any trouble dealing with Walt physically. Right. Uh, he kicked his ass in that bar right. last season. Yep. Yeah. Threatened him with barrels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Not gun barrels, just regular barrels. And holes in the ground, too, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, we see that uh, next we go to the DEA office in Albuquerque. And we notice that Hank is dispensed with his cane, his walker cane. Yeah. He's shuffling across the foyer or foyer, foyer, for what do you call that? Foyer. Foyer. Thank I, you. I don't know exactly how you say it. F-O-Y-E-R. Uh, he, he dispenses with that. Um, he doesn't want Gomi's offer for help. Hmm. Uh, but then by the end of the scene, he's accepting it. I thought that was a nice little touch. Yeah. That he doesn't want it, but he's glad that Gomi showed up there. Mm-hmm. Um, is that... Contra or indicative of Gomi's complicitness in God, some kind of conspiracy? Of I have a whole section of listener feedback on this. Awesome. Both pro and con awesome. against Gomez and Merkert. So, I still maintain that to me, the the sights are square on Gomez now. Because if Merkert was dirty, he wouldn't be getting the shot. He wouldn't be, be leaving. All right. Um, moving on. Uh, we see basically this is to introduce us to the Madrigal executives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives us our first glance at the character Lydia, who looks guilty as hell. <laughs> uh, yeah, she doesn't play it cool no. very well. But obviously, the the executive is is playing this 
pretty strong. He's Tight basically shit. like, look, he's like, I don't care about the alleged activities. Innocent men don't commit suicide. Mm-hmm. I want to know, you know, if this is isolated, we pledge a full cooperation. Question. Do you buy it? Yes. How far up does the corruption go? I don't. I can't tell. I don't know. I mean, of course they want a lawyer there. That's not any sign of guilt. Mm -mm. I just don't. I don't believe that a whole branch of this operation can run without the knowledge of the guy above it all. Which it looks to be the but guy. Did you who was see speaking. how many restaurants this guy was? Oh, like Electrical yeah, Madrigal. Yeah. Uh, Madrigal is clearly a huge conglomerate, mm-hmm. and this one arm is itself a conglomerate. Yeah, they got what Whiskerfish or something <laughs> like Whis- that. Yes, that was uh, Whiskerstay, I think. Yeah, some of the catfish uh-huh. logo. But they had like you know a good ten or so restaurant chains, maybe more. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that. You could hide a lot of stuff with key executive involvement there. Probably. Obviously, Lydia is involved. Uh, obviously, um, the guy to offed himself. I can't uh, remember his, his his name at this point. Uh, Schuler. Yeah. He was involved. Um, so I don't know. I I, I feel like if in, if the corruption doesn't go much higher than that, then the 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 this season's threat's not going to come from Europe. My my wonder is. What is Lydia's involvement here? Because mm-hmm. having two executives, two board members who are complicit in this, mm-hmm. to me says it goes higher. Because okay. why? Why would uh, Air Schuler let somebody else in unless she's some sort of like uh, over like C CFO or something? Like maybe. Well, I think she's like the American side. You know, she's the liaison. Between yeah. Them. And he he himself can't obviously source all the local precursor mm-hmm. ingredients and stuff. So maybe I mean obviously that was her expertise. Because yeah. when Mike later yeah. asked, "Can you still get the methylamine?" Yeah, and that was kind of her role, the broker, all that. Um, so next scene, uh, we see that uh, Merkert's uh, Gomez and Agent Schrader are all sitting mm-hmm. in Merkert's office. This might be the best scene in the show. It's a great scene. They're having some whistle pig whiskey. <laughs> Whistle pig. Yes, uh, they are. Rye. Mm-hmm. Pure rye whiskey. Uh, and we find out that he's going to take a fall for this because, yeah. you know, someone's got to naturally ask, how in the hell did you miss a kingpin? He's on your wall. You had him over for dinner. Mm-hmm. He's sponsoring fun runs. I mean, what the hell? Um, here, this He's at a really tough spot yeah. when uh, Dean Norris brings this to him. Mm-hmm. Because he's telling him, look, this guy who's been giving the giving to our charities and doing fun runs with us is a drug lord. Mm-hmm. Now, if he's not a drug lord and they pursue him like he is a drug lord, oh my God. that is serious harassment. Mm-hmm. And they are going – Merkert's going to get in so much trouble for that. If he is a drug lord and they don't pursue it like what happened, he also gets in trouble. So mm-hmm. he's kind of between a rock and a hard place here. I, I felt like there was no right call here because he didn't have a lot to go on right. with Hank's investigation. It's basically the notepad that had an offhand mm-hmm. list of Madrigal Electromotive part numbers. Yeah. And the fact that they owned Los and Colos the fingerprints. Right. I mean, that was really the only thing. The fingerprint in Gail's apartment mm-hmm. on, and the fingerprint on the cup that he got refilled. Right. That was the connection. Right. And that's not a ton of stuff. Especially since uh, Gus had a perfectly logical explanation of that. The Gail exactly. was a... 
scholarship winner yeah. of you and know, he had been to his house for dinner sure a week ago makes sense yeah uh so now we also we learned we got a lot of questions not many answers we find out oh. that the laptop is encrypted didn't have any evidence usable evidence on it uh-huh we're gonna have to talk about this okay <laughs> uh so that would imply that the magnet scheme totally backfired because yeah. had they not done that they wouldn't have likely found the curiously unencrypted and clearly labeled <laughs> cayman island bank accounts that led to mm-hmm. kind of the unraveling of uh, mike's organization uh, they talk about the financial details that they're tracking, which is going to play off later in the episode. And then Merkert tells a story about Gus and his double life that really seems to resonate with Hank. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you clearly got that, right? There's a significant look. You know, the second half of the story, yeah. we're just looking right at Hank and his expression. We are. It's, it's a close-up of Hank. Now, first of all, the, the, a big question here is do you buy that that is encrypted? Do you buy that Hank got nothing? Why the hell would laptop? he lie right there with Gomi and Merkert? But what the Unless hell? Unless he knows they're dirty. But what? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Unless he's dirty himself. It's a smoking gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's dead man's brew all over again. He's drinking whiskey pig. How clean can he be? <laughs> sure. As soon as that whiskey's or gone, whistle pig. someone's dying. Yeah. It's dead uh, man's bry. <laughs> dead man's bry. Um... No, my point here is that look that he gives when he sees the laptop being bagged up. Mm-hmm. What is that look? Last episode. I just think it's – I thought it was a very neutral Dean Morris face or kind of like, you know <laughs> – That's just Norris face? Yeah. I, huh. I thought it was just him kind of playing like – there's stuff going on behind his eyes but not like, damn it, Walt, what the fuck? Or, you know, oh, mm-hmm. my God, it's my brother. It didn't seem like that kind of face. Well, that's that's this my face. too. If you want to compare and contrast, uh-huh. is is his? Oh my God! I you know, this is not Norris' face. No, no. I think he clearly thought about his brother in this situation. However, I've got one other theory. I, I have a yeah. I have something that I've, to that I've too. not seen anybody else. I'll let you go. I'll let you have the first crack at it. Well, they needed something to. Nah, maybe not. No, that theory doesn't pan out. All right. Um, I just don't know that if he was on DeWalt, he wouldn't be all over Walt right now. But here's... Like tracking him and watching him, and he doesn't seem to be suspicious. This is where my theory comes into play. Okay. Number one, we haven't had enough time for that to actually happen, and I actually think Uh that we were witnessing him, the light bulb, actually come on. So, Hmm. But he saw what happened to Merkert Mm -hmm. by having this long association with someone who was cooking meth right under his nose. Sure. I think there was a, a free-falling uh, uh, sensation of, shit, what if Walt's the guy? Mm-hmm. And shit, what does that mean for me and my career? Yeah, what can I even do about it? Yeah. And the fact that he's taken all their money, all their drug money, for his rehabilitation. Yeah. I mean, he you don't think that's... very deep right now. Way deeper than Merkert was ever in Certainly. with Gus. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a little bit of that, like, how is this going to impact me and Marie and the rest of the family? And... I think you might be right. You could definitely read a lot of that stuff on his face, on his Norris face. Uh, anything else? Because else we're going to move on to getting to know Lydia a bit more. No, we have a ton of feedback about that, so we'll talk okay. about it more. Uh, Lydia seems like a giant pain in the ass. Why? She fucking goes in. She's the type of person Is this goes. The Denny's scene? Yeah, she goes into a greasy restaurant. spoon and tries to get some kind of high end falutin beverage. 
And she's playing the spy game like she's Robert Redford here. What the hell? Right, right. Just sit down next to the guy. Right. And you, Mike's clearly not impressed with Nina's cloak no. and dagger shit. No. He's like, so am I coming to you or are you coming to me? Yes, I'm coming to you. <laughs> yeah, and so then when she, when she says, oh, Dwayne, or whatever, yeah. he's like, oh, so you need anything else, Mike? Right. Yeah. Clearly just an incredulous waitress there. Right. That's awesome. Uh, so what do we learn in this uh, episode? We learn that there's a list of 11 men that she knows about, mm-hmm. presumably connected to the bank accounts that the DEA are, are investigating. Yeah. Also tells us because there was a All little – under Gus's employ. A li- there was a little bit of speculation about whether this would tie up Walt or Jesse. Clearly, the paying in cash gambit worked because that – if they were, if there were wired transactions, their name, surely, you know, yeah. that, w- that would have come out in this oh, episode. Oh, it's, it's game over, yeah. And also the fact that Lydia has not met, the quote-unquote, their chemist yet. And she's conspicuously mm-hmm. said that. Do you think that's going to point to a later showdown between them or at least a meet-and-greet? Uh, I think there has to be a, a meet and greet at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, she's giving them methylamine. Uh, so we see that uh, she suggests that they should off these guys. Mm-hmm. Mike says, you're crazy. They're my guys. They're yeah, they're, they're strong. Solid. They're and ominously, he says, they're paid to stand, stand tall. Mm-hmm. She questions Chow, too. She's like, well, Chow seems like a weak link. Yeah. And it's like, do you remember what you had to do to him? He goes, yeah, I bet he remembers that too. <laughs> yeah, I think that didn't stick in his mind. <laughs> uh, there is a theory going around the internet that I quite liked. What's that? Uh, which is a prediction that Walt is going to replace Lydia's stevia with ricin. <laughs> okay. That is jumping to conclusions. One mention of stevia and bam, we're already to the ricin. What's a white crystalline substance? I can, sure. Sure it is. I liked it. I actually want to make it an official prediction. <laughs> we have a lot of predictions on the rice and where that's going to end up. They're, they're we great. always have since season it. two. We oh, have, yeah. you know. I love it. Yeah. Uh, anything else? We're going to move on to Walt Junior being Walt Junior and plowing through yet another Breaking Bad breakfast. <laughs> uh, just the the Jackie Onassis comment from Mike. Mike is full of them in this. Oh season. yeah, it's awesome. No, he's he's pitching his fastball in this episode. Yeah. Um, so the whole point of this is showing that Skylar appears to be clinically depressed. She refuses, <laughs> yeah, she refuses to get out of bed. She's not showing up to work. She's not eating anything either. I She's think that's not... how she lost those mom jeans and got skinny again. Uh-uh. Yeah, she hasn't been eating. Right. It's I was actually Skylar surprised diet, that Walt rape Jr. Rape and no breakfast. I was surprised. <laughs> what? I don't know if there's actual rape in this episode, but we'll talk about it. Yeah, we will talk about yeah. that. Um... I was surprised that Walt Jr. left a full bowl of cereal just laying around. I mean, sure, it was earmarked for his mom, but, but clearly she wasn't showing up. I <laughs> gotcha. That seemed out of character. Free bowl. Yeah. Um, sure. He's anything else to mention? vacuum. Anything else to mention about, uh, you know, Walt and him getting her out of bed? No. I don't think so. Uh, so that we Although, meet. Although, no, 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 no. This was shot a little weird, right? You never see Walt's face. You, they show him from, like, mid-arm down yeah and he's very brian cranston seems to be deliberately channeling gus fring yeah like and his posture yes when he stands in this scene yes with his walking like out. with his elbows slightly behind him uh-huh and it almost c3poing <laughs> sure uh that and i that's got to be deliberate at this point because and the framing of that shot yeah has to be yeah just so you can see it and i don't know what it means but it was interesting 
so we go meet speaking of interesting and not knowing what it means let's talk about chow his wardrobe his face <laughs> uh-huh sure uh, anybody that says we only pick on Skyler can go fuck themselves because this man's face. He looks like a Muppet. It looks like Mike shot him in the face and not his hand. He looks like a Muppet. He looks he like does. something out of Jim Henson's laboratory. He does. It's crazy. He looks like, um, like a Muppet cook or a Muppet dishwasher in a mm-hmm. Swedish chef's crew. Yeah. Only wearing an American flag tie that i i don't yeah, know yeah 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 when he comes out in the dea office yeah, hank sees him he's got talking about he's got an american flag well, tie mike, and mike. mike sees him no hank no hank no mike. Right, yeah sorry yeah, yeah, mike's okay. on his way into the da yeah uh he's got an american flag tie on and also an american flag pin right next to it oh yeah what the hell that's he's a little overboard to be an american well he wants him to think he is sure uh what about the conspicuous he can't smoke in here what does that mean? I felt like the way they treated that, that was something uh-huh. of weight. I felt like that was almost a warning from Mike saying, hey, you better not say anything. You better not talk. That's an odd way to deliver it. Well, uh, it was just that Chow listened to him. Like, uh, like Mike was kind of the master in this scene. Uh, uh, so it would be maybe odd that he'd call and be bucking against him later. That's how uh, maybe, maybe Mike yeah. knew that there was something going on. Well, I, there are other reasons, certainly. Also, I but. thought in the second time we saw Chow when he was with mm-hmm. Chris that that felt very much like an executioner, you know, like I want my blindfold and my cigarette. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just wondered what you made of that. Uh, so this is another great scene in the episode chock full of them. Mike showdown with Hank and Gomi. Fan freaking tastic. Yeah, and Mike puts on other than waiving his right to an attorney, mm-hmm. Mike puts on a clinic of how you deal with police in a criminal investigation. Yeah. When he puts his hands out, yeah, forget your handcuffs, right? <laughs> oh, or am I not under arrest? Uh huh. And so good. You got to ask yourself, why did Hank and Gomez take that tact with a mm-hmm. we presume hard boiled Philly cop? Yeah. And the way they talk about his police record, I mean, can we talk about that a little bit? What in the hell do you think ended his involvement? I mean, we know a little bit about it, didn't yeah. uh, you, you talk about that half measures type thing? Uh-huh. Yeah. What was the story there? You just did a rewatch of this, uh, this episode, the season. Ha- half measures, what do you mean? Remember Mike, when he was talking talk about, about the girl who was being a, abused domestically. And he did a half measure and you should yeah. have done a full measure. He took measure. the guy out to the desert or whatever, put a gun to his head and said, if you ever touch her again, mm-hmm. uh, I'll kill you. Do you think that came back to haunt him? Because they're saying that. Well, because that we that's some, not, he's not in Philadelphia at that point. If he's taking him out to the desert, I don't know. I'm wondering if there wasn't some sort of if he wasn't like undercover or something, and like in a drug operation, and that's why Gus picked him up. It seems I'm not like sure. it seems like there's a connection it, there that Gus picked up on. It, it, I, I got like a, almost a Vic Mackey vibe yeah. off of the thing. Like there was some kind of corruption or mm-hmm. scandal uh, with his tenure. So you think he took a full measure and people were I don't not know. happy with that? I, I don't know. That's because I didn't really recall what that was all about. I, I, I knew it was about something like that. I wasn't sure if he killed a dude or not. Can I just say, Gomez, to me, he's always struck me as kind of three steps behind everybody else right i don't think he's a particularly good cop 
And in this scene, he kind of demonstrates that. He's like, we've got a guy who will testify to you. And you're, he's using this on, like you said, a hard-boiled cop from right. Philly. It's probably not going to work. Right, that's straight out of... Co- that's Handbook that, 101. Yeah, yeah. Empty threat that's, you know... Is that Gomez's character? Is he just... Is he meant to be always a step behind? Well, we mentioned that last time when he did or the... Or is he playing this right. dumbass to Hank's... Super well, because didn't we have this debate last time when he searched the laundromats? We couldn't tell uh-huh. if. Yeah. And I thought where our conclusion was he's just not as smooth as Hank. Yeah. Like he was doing things kind of in a heavy handed uh, way, whereas Hank's more. Uh, he's just got a smoother, more likable mm-hmm. uh, you know, technique about him, even when he's being menacing and intimidating. I still think Hank played this yeah. wrong for a guy yeah. like Mike because mm-hmm. Mike didn't give a shit. Now, yep. clearly, Mike was annoyed and pissed. <laughs> like, as you're looking at his, his face when he's shutting the door, yeah. he's like, God. I mean, that did surprise him that they got his money Yeah, he that did quickly. not like his that was granddaughter's his, money. Not just – see, a lot of people are making that out, but I think he knows the only thing holding his people together is, is the, the money. money. And if yeah. that's gone, he's got a bunch of fucking killers – and a uh, lunatic in Lydia who probably wouldn't mind loosening him. I think he kind of like saw where all this was going. Yeah, you got to wonder. I mean, when we get to it where Chris is killing Chow and he tries to kill Mike, you got to wonder what's Chris's end game plan here. You know, he kills mm. everybody. What does he think Lydia's going to do to him? Right. Loose end. Loose end. Right. Um, one last question. There was a lot of. Hitting on the fact of his last name being uh, Ermont or Erman Trout. Man Trout, yeah. Erman Trout. Uh, do you think there was anything to the emphasis of his the Germanic nature of the name tied to Madrigal Electromotive? Do you think there's a a connection there? Was that Hank just busting nah. his balls? What? I didn't feel like it really. Like Hank thought it meant anything or. Like, it actually did mean anything. It's just, we found out his name so late in the season, and, and uh, I think, actually, we were, didn't we get that off a of reading, a blood bag? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And the fact that it's a German name, and now mm-hmm. we got a German company, it seems hard to believe, but that's the kind of stuff that Villigan likes to pull. Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't pick that up, but okay. you might be right. Uh, So, we go now to a meeting with... Uh, Walt and Jesse and Saul. Yeah. Where we find that the RV was dubbed the Crystal Ship. All right. So, which is the best. That's another best part of the episode. <laughs> that is really good. Crystal Ship will forever stick in everyone's head. Sure. Can I just say, I'm looking right now at the webpage that Skylar looks up for Jesse uh-huh. in season one. Uh-huh. Right there. Captain Cook's Crystal Ship. So I totally buy that the entire time he's been calling it the Crystal Ship. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) It's a cool callback that you didn't really know was a callback until they make it a point. Right, right. I like how the show does that. Uh, So we see Walt clearly wanting to move forward and talking about the streets full of gold. And he wants something away from prying eyes, but in downtown Albuquerque. Mm -hmm. And Saul's like, okay, time out. Let's talk about this. Uh, you know, he gives the lottery ticket story about the man who wins the lottery. The last thing he wants to do is continue playing the lottery because it's a losing game. Mm -hmm. We find out Walt claims he's $40,000 in the hole, which I find hard to believe after all the numbers. Every way I've crunched the numbers, it seems like he, 
you know, because he had a sizable amount of cash that he didn't get to spend on the cleaner. Well, people are saying that you remember when he broke the door to Saul's office. Yeah. And the lady tells him it's going to cost 25 grand right. to fix it. And so she blackmails him. People are saying that all he had left was 25000 There's no... That is not possible. Like I said, the, the stats that anything, he picks up are, are ten thousand each, right? If, if anything, when we posted that infographic on Facebook, if anything, people were finding fault that it was inflating the numbers. Like, really, Walt three hundred thousand dollars on the condo, yeah, you know, things like that. So, like, if anything, I think those expenses were overstated. It's hard for me mm-hmm. to believe that he has nothing left, but clearly I, he does. Clearly, he he said it, and Unless, from what I heard in, on the Breaking Bad crew, they've got a running tally of that. I don't know how accurate it is. I don't know that that's even true, but that's what I've heard. Mm. Well, I'd like to see that because yeah, I, I believe them. It seems like that's that's the thing that I kind of want to believe them because it does seem like a very obvious thing for Villigan to fuck up. Yeah, yeah. You know, because they've clearly stated how much money he's making, um, and there's a lot of expenses, and that they've clearly made you know dollar figures and how much they spend on the car wash, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, we also found that uh, Jesse claims that he can't get uh, methylamine anymore, mm-hmm. which is the the blue precursor they've been using oh so long. Uh, moving on to a yeah. hungry, hungry hippo off. Yeah, <laughs> between... double yellow hippos. You gotta wonder. Yeah, <laughs> what does it mean? Double yellow hippos all the way. Uh, I, his... I, I'm not sure if we have feedback about this or not. Uh, but when Walt and Jesse approach Mike about, um forming a partnership mm-hmm. and they're sitting in his kitchen. There's a picture behind Walt on his fridge and it's one of his granddaughter's drawings. And it says blue is good. Yellow is bad. And that's why people are reading into this hungry hippos thing, because normally you're right. All the hippos are different colors. Huh? And Holy on this shit. board, there are two yellow hippos, but I don't know how that ties into B- Mike is bad. What? Because huh. Walt's wearing a blue shirt in that scene uh-huh. uh, where they're in the kitchen. So is he good? Mike is bad? Hmm. Well, I don't know what's going on here, but the picture definitely says that. We couldn't see it on our low-res AMC. Right. Was Walt saying, was 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 Mike rather using the double yellow hippos? He was. Both of them. Ah. Maybe, so. you know, it could be just as simple as his ga- damn granddaughter taunting the old man. Uh-huh. You know, the, her hippo's better than his, too. I don't know. Maybe. But that is super, super interesting. Yeah, yeah the picture, blue is yellow, or uh, blue is good, yellow is bad. Right. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, So we get a call from Chow in the middle of all this. Uh, He's worried about the DA taking all his money. He needs to talk, but not over the phone at his house. Mm-hmm. And Mike basically is like, okay. And I knew at that point Did you? that something that Mike knew that something was up. Hmm. I um, did. Just the way he acted, really. And we see, you know, that uh, he's being held at gunpoint and he's taking a long drag of a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hangs a whiskey pig on the door when he gets there. <laughs> uh, that's the next scene. Mike avoids assassination attempt by Chris with the whirling pig gambit. That was awesome. That was good. Um. And there, someone made a point, I think it was Melissa Mayers, that the show makes a point of evil being scarier when it's mundane. 
you know, when it's because uh-huh. because like it's a it's a box cutter that kills people and a vicious factor. Remember it's, that it's pink this, bear in the pool? Yes, yeah. exactly. And and you know the things that you know common household things that Walt used to kill people. Mm-hmm. And now we've got the 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 pig. Uh, I thought that was a really awesome point. Yeah. Um. So. We have a brief interrogation. This guy's going to get paid 30K or 10K a name, 30 for Mike. Lydia's the one putting putting him up to it. And he basically asks Chris if he's ready. And Chris opens his mouth and Mike <laughs> blows him to hell. Yeah, no hesitation. Right. None. No. Which, I don't know. The, the last scene in this with him and Lydia, eh. I, I get that he's waiting for the nanny to leave, but it kind of seems like why would you go in if the nanny's there? I have a theory. Okay, we'll get to we'll it. We'll get to it. Yeah. But uh, I do want to say that the direction in this scene is so awesome. Yeah. It's got so much tension. I want to give a shout-out to Michelle McLaren, who also directed the fantastic episodes uh, Four Days Out in Season 2. Mm. Yeah, she that was a She directed IF, the infamous IFT uh, yeah. 38 snub and salute from last wow. season. Wow. So she's got Strong some pedigree. Yes, she's uh, I'm going to be paying close attention to her uh episodes moving forward. Uh moving on, we see the second to last scene is a nanny playing with we find out Lydia's little girl. Another excellently directed, very tense scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Lydia doesn't want to just disappear. She wants her daughter to know, I guess, she was murdered and she didn't just abandon <laughs> yeah. her. I want her to see my headless corpse. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense in a type A helicopter mom kind of way. Yeah, but to scar your child with your mother's dead body. Right. Seems rough. And that's kind of Mike's point here. Right. Now, my thought is because Mike, you know, is about to shoot her. And then he chokes up and asks her about the methylamine. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if his plan all along wasn't to use the fact that he should kill her as leverage to get her yeah. to give up the methylamine because he knows he's going to have to make some money to keep these guys silent and happy. That's the only way out that he sees. What do you think of that? That's uh, that's a strong case to make for that argument. I didn't feel any of that while I was watching it. It felt very much like Mike was there to kill her. And he just pussed out? No, he didn't puss out. He sympathized with her. Hmm. I think maybe there's something in Mike's background that... Well, the little girl, that's rough. Yeah. That's rough justice. he has a young granddaughter, and I'm sure he wouldn't want her to think he just left. Right. I, but, I mean, that's a good point. He knows that these guys need money to keep their mouths shut. Yeah. I mean, Definitely. Uh, let me run into a couple of th- other things I saw on Reddit by you. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are speculating Lydia is Gus's estranged ex-wife. Come on. Gus is gay. Maybe. Well, okay. But Maybe that doesn't mean he can't father a child. Uh, certainly. No. Why is the child being Maybe taught Spanish? Maybe she's his cover lover. Cover her be- his beard? Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing I thought was weird is because we know that at least... In his public facade, Gus says that he has a family and has children, and there's toys in his... Uh-huh. Uh, 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 I don't buy it. You don't buy it? You think that's all just bullshit? I do. I buy that Gus was gay. I buy that Gus is gay, too. I don't... But again, gay people can have children. <laughs> I, I didn't say anything about the children. I said, I don't think there's any real relationship there. Maybe she's a surrogate mom. 
Maybe she is. I don't know. Uh, the thing is, is I uh, one thing I got from the Insider podcast is it was they wanted Lydia lives in Houston, Texas, mm-hmm. and this apartment was in Houston, Texas. Did you get that? No, I didn't either. He drove all the way to Houston. Yep. Yep. Wow. Okay. Which isn't that far away from sure. Albuquerque, but it's still a pretty long. It probably is probably a long drive, like a six eight hour drive. I imagine. Yeah. Uh, anything that we make of that? Because again, from I don't think from the episode it was very clear. Oh, it so certainly wasn't. No, it can't be that big of a plot point. Um, anyway, I just thought that I, I wanted to mention that about the maybe Gus's parentage and all that kind of stuff. Get in early in maybe. case it's right. <laughs> Maybe, but that's a stretch, I think. Uh, next, we see the White household. Uh, Mike makes a phone call, tells Walt that he's in. Walt kind of gives a you know dickhead smirk. Uh, he gets a little marital rapey. Uh, uh-huh. This is just gross. Does he? Is this? Is this rape? Does this? All right. Does rape occur in this scene? So I saw this episode a couple times, uh-huh. and I looked, and it seemed to be. Like he 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 kind of thrusts his hips forward at the end, Does and he? he makes this kind of like weird groaning noise. There's that a was, groping, right? That was very reminiscent of in the first episode where he kind of flips Skylar around mm-hmm. and gives it to her. Yeah. Except for obviously Skylar's being completely passive, and they talked about in the Insider podcast that they meant this to maybe imply. That hmm. there was non-consensual sex going on. And they actually filmed an alternate version where Skyler heads him off with a preemptive hand job. <laughs> a sad one. Which, well, <laughs> it'd probably be very sad. It'd be even sadder than the first one. Yeah. Oh, I can't imagine that hand I job. know. The sorrow. It'd be like get it'd be like Eeyore giving you a blowjob from Winnie <laughs> the Pooh. <laughs> oh man. It can't possibly get any sadder. Blue is good, Aaron. Blue yeah. is good. <laughs> Well, I lost my tail again, so <laughs> I guess this is what I'm reduced to. Uh, no, I what so what I I thought I thought I saw the hip thrust. I thought I heard the groan and the kissing on the shoulders, and it was disgusting. I, it was so creepy. I we certainly can't put a past Breaking Bad to do a rape scene. They've done one mm-hmm. in the kitchen with avocado face, right? Uh, That's an attempted rape. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. T- Come on. Okay. That's the same thing. Okay. That's sure, sure. Uh, so, yeah, it could have been rape. Okay. It could have been. I uh, just didn't see it. All right. Uh, still gross. I put on Facebook. Yeah, it's like creepy. Because they, they keep on, you know, last week it was I forgive you with a hug. This week uh-huh. it's with a perhaps rape. Uh, at this rate, how far are we away from Walt being, uh, it puts the lotion on its skin, <laughs> levels of creepy with Skylar. I, that scene he's going was to, almost there, man. He's going, yeah. I mean, I felt like I needed to take a goddamn shower uh-huh. after watching it. Yeah, and not in a good like cold shower. I need to calm down way. Just like oh, I need, God, no. I need to get clean. Mm-hmm. I yeah. do not enjoy Walter White at all anymore. No, it's, it's, I'm not just creepy. not rooting for him. I just like don't enjoy even seeing him, which is by design. I'm not saying Absolutely. that Cranston's not doing great work. Uh-huh. The writers aren't doing. I mean, it's by design. I'm loathing this man and wishing yeah. he would be off my TV. Rightfully so. I think he's a perverse douchebag at this point. So next week, uh, after all this is said and done, we got 503 Hazard Pay, hmm. which, taking what we know about 
you know, Mike's associates, that kind of takes on a little bit more of a meaning now that we're getting closer Definitely. to yeah. uh, 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 further along in the season. So hmm. uh, that's all I've got. Unless you got something else you want to talk about, we can get the feedback. I think we're good. Uh, let's go right into feedback. Uh, cool. I got some from last week. Uh, quite a bit from last week, actually. Okay. Um, Pete D. writes in and says, I was listening to the show's Insider podcast, and they were talking about Walt's hair in the Flash Forward. Apparently, that was all Brian Cranston's real hair, and they filmed that scene, um, and then he shaved his head and trimmed the goatee. Uh, the Villigan mentioned that when they well, come they back... they didn't mention it was his actual pubic hair. Yes, it glued to his face. That they used gum spirit to glue to mm-hmm. his face yeah. and head. Pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Villigan mentioned that when they came, when they come back for shooting... In the second half of the season, they might have to figure out some kind of a wig for Cranston to wear for consistency. Hmm. He says, maybe I'm reading too much into that, but doesn't that seem like a virtual lock that the time jump will take place sometime after the season 5.2 premiere? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it does. It does strongly imply. Uh, So that was good information to have. Uh, I think it's it's not Call. It's Colonel, I'm sure. Colonel Forbin. It's not his real name, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, I would like to see Ted and Hank meet up in rehabilitation for their injuries. Could be great tension with that. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, and he also says, I wish the laptop situation would have been resolved by Mike reaching out to an old cop buddy still with the force to possibly get into the evidence room. That's might, the other might have thing. Been more we, we also, I forgot to mention that, that they, they, I don't know if that will be significant, but they did connect Mike's attempt to look at look into the laptop with being connected to the magnet yes. caper yeah uh pretty good thanks a smart dude shane in atlanta says i did some googling and it turns out that anna gunn wore a pregnancy suit starting in season three to provide some realism to her pregnancy with holly in real life she was last pregnant in 2006 so she's never been pregnant throughout the filming of breaking bad little correction for us we were or i think i i said that she might have been pregnant during last season well that's the only we were trying to explain the weight gain versus weight loss i mean season yeah. four skyler is a anomaly at this point yeah uh he also says what do you guys think about dave chin doing a breaking bad podcast feels like you guys go head to head for the same cast audience uh on the same tv shows because he does justified cast as well david uh, chin game of thrones is history's greatest monster <laughs> and we are dedicated <laughs> to the destruction of all things holy and chin uh-huh. and the destruction of his empire. Sure, uh, I take I take a slightly more mellow tone and say I like his work. He actually puts out he really does. good podcasts. I'm jealous uh, because I think his uh, his engineering is way better than ours. Oh yeah. Oh, the way he pipes in clips and you know yes, the appropriate times yeah. and stuff. But we just yeah. don't have time to do. Yeah, he has I think more of an analysis based podcast, and we do a lot of fan feedback and a lot of yep. like recap stuff stuff that fans i think uh tune into a little bit yeah i mean it's a different yeah. we could do his cast but then it wouldn't be the same cast it'd just be us talking to you i just realized I, that yeah we could take the time because we're taking hours uh-huh. to read and format feedback yeah it took me like three hours today <laughs> yeah it's and like we could do that and 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 do post engineering on the show but then it's like we'd be doing mm-hmm. another version of his show and that's so. but that's why i feel our casts aren't really competing for an audience right I think he just does a very different show that I also enjoy a yep. lot. Yep. Uh, so that's that. Still burning hell. <laughs> and we will defeat you. Uh, <laughs> Jim J, not Jim Jones, uh, says, I just looked up the number of salvage yards in Albuquerque. The result is nine. I bet nine? There are, I bet there are less than 20 magnetic crane pins also in German, all of Albuquerque. Which is also German for no. It is. This is starting to get good. Okay. <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything 
so that's a very, very good point, right? These mm-hmm. crane pendants don't just go missing. Right. And if you roll up to a yard like this and you see a crane without the magnet on it, well, I think that might be where you got the magnet from in the truck. But if they but sourced it from there. scrap and like the, yeah, it's like, I, who knows? That's like saying, I don't know. I don't know enough about this. And you're right. I think I my my take on that guys was you're right. If these were real p- cops, that kind of connection would be made. But I'm just saying there were 29, well, actually 30 uh-huh. RVs uh-huh. and Hank looked at all of them. That's true. He's not going to look at nine different junkyards with 20 cranes. That's true. Just saying. Especially since they left it behind and they could clearly see. I mean, it wasn't like, it's like, God damn, how did they do that? It's like, yep, yeah. there's the thing. Yeah. So. Uh, Trimoot writes in, says, how about a call-in Q&A session? I would love for you guys to actually include 10 to 15-minute segment where fans can call in and discuss the show. What do you how think would about we that? do that? Uh, we'd have to do it live. Would we do it like Monday night? Oh, you're saying pre-record it and then tuck it into the show? We'd have to, right? Because there's uh, there's no way we can do that we in just, line with the show. We can just open up Skype and do it. Like right now, yeah. But then every man, they like even the big <laughs> outfits. Like I was listening to Pin and Tell or uh, Pin's new Sunday School thing. Uh-huh. He has so much problems with Skype. And there's so, so much you know editing he has to do with that. I mean, I feel like that's something we'd have to do and then insert it into the cast when we're ready to go. Like that's like a Monday night yeah. thing. Plus, I think like we come kind of go down to the wire on Tuesday nights. We do. That's something we'll have to talk. I I it's I like not something idea. I'm opposed to. Yeah. And uh, that would be kind of cool. I, or the other thing would be have more interactive. You know, when we're recording this thing, we could Ustream it and, you know, have, like, yeah. chat bubbles and stuff. Man, we would need a third. We need a producer for that because I can't keep track of a chat room at the same time. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm podcast. I'm not I wouldn't that say we'd talented. do it well. I'm just saying <laughs> I'm just we saying could, we'd do it. Yeah, we would do it. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, sure. So, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Luke writes in, says that he found a section on the Magical Electromotive website uh, dedicated to the air filter that Hank traced back to Los Poyos. Sure. Uh, and on that page, there's a quote that's attributed to Elliot Schwartz uh-huh. that says, we've developed on, or we've depended on Magical Electromotive for years. I can honestly say that without their expert advice, timely delivery, and superb support, our company could never have achieved its premier position in the industry. Uh-huh. And based on that, he thinks that Gray Matter is going to be in league with Madrigal and that they'll be Walt's new enemy this season. All right. A little, a little out there as far as that prediction goes, because I don't. Should we talk about the magical electromotive? I don't know because we talked about it in season. Doctor Goodman's goof is so good. I kind of really good. Yeah, and it's getting better. Uh huh. Because he was actually uh, he updates almost in real time. Magical electromotive was on our fan site today, debating with fans about the defibrillator. (laughs) Okay, they're like, well, in their particular model, you know, it can be. It's like I. So the deal is this. I don't know because I don't know. I was convinced that it was a purely goof site. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy is an enterprising fan that uh, that registered the domain name back when it was first mentioned in season. I think either late season three or se- maybe even late season two. Yeah, and it sat there dormant until it became a major plot point. And last, and then he had all this stuff on it. And we also know the AMC has registered other names like the walt save walter white yeah, and call Saul, better call better Saul. call Saul, that kind of stuff 
And we, you know, kind of researched it and we found that it was registered to difference. Well, we finally tracked the guy down and, you know, we're friends with him on Facebook. And we have mm-hmm. conversations. But I, what I don't know is, has he now, because it does seem he does live in Albuquerque. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is he now connected in, you know, in a way that – has Villigan basically tapped him now as a fan? And like – because it doesn't seem like he's invited to some of the fundraisers and mm-hmm. some of the official cast stuff. So is it now like chicken and egg type of thing where the goof side has become kind of a real site or at least he's uh-huh. gotten a little bit of insider status from it? I, it's a good question. I'm actually looking at the Barry Goodman page um, on the Breaking Bad wiki. Mm-hmm. So Barry, Dr. Barry Goodman is the name of the doctor who treated Gus, like mm-hmm. the, the head doctor from last the end of last season, who treated Gus and Mike. But he's played by a different actor. It's not the same guy right. who you see pictures of on the Electromotive site. So is that an homage, or is this now like a goof inside of a goof? It's like the inception of goofs. <laughs> I don't know either. Well, at the bottom of this page, it says trivia, according to images of... So this is it gets even weirder what the because fuck? according to images on that website Magical Electromotive it appears Barry Goodman was originally cast as a different actor it is currently unknown who this other actor is and I don't know if that's him going to the wiki or if that's other people like seeing him on the wiki and assuming that he's an actor I don't either because he's he's responded to us in the capacity as a doctor <laughs> with yeah. like pretty yeah. pretty legit medical information of last season so it's like I don't again, know. Was, and he's got pictures of him in lab coats that say Dr. Barry Goodman. Sure, sure. And he's he's like at the hotel where Wendy does her business. Yeah, yeah. I really don't know what's going on with this site, but maybe we should have Dr. Barry Goodman on the show. Well, maybe we should. That's what I'm thinking. All right, we'll talk. That we'll we'll work to set that up. All right. Uh, my the, guess, the thing is, is if he's a goof within a goof within a goof, it's just right. got another opportunity for him to goof us. <laughs> make it worse. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Mike S. writes in, says, thought you might be interested in the ratings for the premiere episode. We were until Aaron spoiled them. Sorry. So. Oh, well. Uh, on another <laughs> note, I recently uh, interned on the production of a movie starring Dean Norris. Dean could not have been nicer. Even off screen, he's very, he's very much everything you would expect from Hank. Hmm. So, cool. Awesome. Uh, Sean E says, uh, actually, he's he blogs about Breaking Bad at inconsiderateprick.blogspot.com. I like it already. Uh, and he gave us a shout-out in his latest episode review, so I wanted awesome. to uh, return the favor here. Uh, his He has a couple of predictions, um, which I think are pretty hopeful, I don't know, um, about the, the tight spot that Hank's in now. And we, we can talk about that a little bit more. Okay. He says, we know that Skyler has authorized money to Marie for Hank's medical bills. I think it would be fantastic if the paper trail of Gus's bank accounts leads to Hank finding security footage of Marie withdrawing money from Walt's secret Gus account. That would definitely be a conundrum for Hank, similar to how Skylar became caught up in the mess unknowingly at first. So I I, the point here is the money trail does lead back to Hank. Yes. Well, I think that's the point. But it's all cash. I don't know. You're right. If they if they start looking at if. if if Hank starts looking at Walt's finances, he's going to quickly realize. And I think that's mm-hmm. the other thing is the second he realizes his brother's a fucking drug kingpin, mm-hmm. he's going to immediately, without even looking at the financials, realize, shit. <laughs> yeah. That gambling thing was bullshit. That's how mm-hmm. they – although Marie, he doesn't know that they paid for that surgery, does he? So maybe that is on the table. But how can he not know that the extreme amount of money 
was paid for by Because Marie said the insurance covered it all. That's what she's been telling him Did the whole she? time. Yeah, I thought. I guess when she was talking to the doctors about the insurance not covering it, he that, wasn't there. Exactly. He was still in treatment. Exactly. And and I thought her and Skylar made it clear that, that, that Hank can never know. Huh. So You might be right about that. He might not even know that there's a connection back to him. Right. Ooh, right. that's even more dangerous. Well, yeah. It'd be <laughs> super... That's so... I, I, I kind of like that. Yeah, me too. Uh, Michelle C. says, I have a theory about why Walt may be using his wife's maiden name for his fake ID. Maybe he had to disappear before he could get news to his wife and is leaving a trail of clues that he thinks she'll figure out. Same birthday and her maiden name. Just a thought. Hmm. Interesting That would be theory. a plausible reason for why he's doing that. Uh, Kevin M., I think you two were a bit apocalyptic in your podcast this week. I agree that the season premiere was not Breaking Bad at its best. But you two came off extremely doubtful about the rest of the season slash series. I think Villigan has earned more trust than that. One slightly subpar episode shouldn't cast out on an otherwise stellar show. Well, we didn't, like, roll up shop and pick up, pick up our tent. Yes, it does seem hasty in light of the new episode. Yes, and I didn't want – I didn't mean to come off as apocalyptic as no. I did. And I think we pretty I, – I thought we but were it was pretty a weak fair. Episode. And yeah. we – that's the thing. Like, if it's – if we – our praising of the good episodes means nothing if we, you know, mm-hmm. do a bunch of qualifiers on the shit episodes. And yeah. even in a show as good, it's just The Wire. I love The Wire. As some listeners and I have diamond, I have David Simon flavored breath because I apparently <laughs> suck on his dick so much. Yeah. Even saying that, he had some <laughs> awful episodes of The Wire, and in fact, mm-hmm. entire bad plot lines. It happens. Yeah. Nobody pitch. Nobody bites a thousand. Sure. Uh, Alex M. writes in, My prediction is that Walt will find himself in a bind due to an attack on him by magical electromotive. When suddenly the cartel comes to his rescue. Mm. My prediction assumes that the cartel knows about Gus's extermination of Don Eladio's crew and that they somehow connect Gus's death to Walt, leading them to feel somewhat grateful and want to put Walt under their control following his takeover of the, financial, or the local drug industry. Uh, from there, I suspect Walt will get in over his head while dealing with the cartel until he eventually decides to skip town by means of the disappearer. Uh, an M60 machine gun certainly might fend off the Mexican cartel for a while, after all. And that brings us to the flash forward. For however long the belt ammunition holds, I don't you know. Think, do you think the cartel's still a factor? Do you uh, think they're done? Well, we had that we had that very debate downstairs. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there are still lots of people in Mexico... Who, you know, criminal elements, just like in America, if there is a big gangster family and it got taken down, mm-hmm. it's not like the other gangsters would be like, well, shit, time to take our illegal operations and, you know, go legitimate. I sure. mean, no, they, what would happen is there'd probably be a bloody civil war and some one faction would re, you know, emerge on top and then they would want them streets, you know, lined with gold just along with Walt. Yeah, but. It seemed like before Gus got involved, there was no connection to America, right? They didn't have the operation in America. That's what Gus offered them. Well, what Gus offered offered them was really good transportation and logistics. Yeah. I think that they... And know, now that doesn't even exist anymore. Right. Walt doesn't even have that. Right. No, so that's, I wonder that's if there problem. would be any involvement with a, a Mexican cartel and Walt. My question to you is, I think it's more likely that if, if, if the cartel tries to save Walt, mm. it's going to be because they need somebody to cook for them. Yeah, that's well, that's what uh, okay. Alex was suggesting. Okay. 
that this is not because they want to pay him back for helping him out with the Gus situation. No, it's no, be no, because no. they want to cook. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jay Buck says, I'm one of the guys who has Dish Network. Uh, he emailed the CEO of Dish Network to figure out what happened to AMC. When they got back with me, uh, they told me that the AMC Network was asking for money and Dish Network wasn't for it because their customers are in a contract. And if they accepted AMC's offer, then they would have to raise the prices for their customers. I don't buy that. No? No. They could choose to eat the loss of profits. <laughs> no. No. Well, I mean, it's just, it They're can't be to. that. It can't. I just. That's a quarterly loss, man. Their stock would tank and they'd go out of business. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like if you let yourself lose the kind of channels that they lost, that mm-hmm. you can't be taken seriously by your customers anymore. Sure. Like, I, I'm, I'm honest to God. If, like, the only reason I have cable right now are, is because of AMC yeah. and HBO. And HBO, yeah. So, and if one of my provider, if my provider dropped AMC, I would, I would make record speed to switching to another provider who didn't. Sure. It's ridiculous. Well, when I you just think start about pirating it, it all because they're a bunch of fucking crooks, but. The numbers <laughs> are actually pretty impressive for Breaking Bad considering everyone on Dish Network didn't watch it. That's true. Or, or at least isn't counted in the Yeah, you wonder however many millions of subscribers that they have, how many yeah. of them would be Breaking Bad fans. Interesting. From, uh, from what, uh. One of our listeners said, I think it was like 14 million subscribers wow. to Dish. Because uh, I thought their numbers were a little low. I mean, they're the best ever, but yeah. I was expecting to see, you know, maybe double the numbers. And instead, we got just a very modest rise. I just think it's a shame that we're d- d- scraping near 3 million for Breaking Bad and a show like Walking Dead gets 10. Right. It's like Broader God, appeal, man. Broader it. appeal. On the same channel, too. Mm-hmm. Same time. Mm-hmm. Same everything. Mm-hmm. Come on, Cranston deserves more than that. I'm kind of surprised that <laughs> Mad Men kicks Breaking Bad's ass. Right? Yeah. I would think not that I. I actually think Mad Men is a, is is slightly better show. Yeah. But it's surprising that it's somehow more accessible. I would think that mm-hmm. more people would like to see Breaking Bad is more exciting, consistently has more just kind of like it's it's certainly more entertaining. Yeah. So. Well, I think the demographics of Breaking Bad make up for that. They get the 18 to 30-something, whatever it is. Do they? I bet the Mad Men gets kind of an older, older crowd. Because it seems like there's a, a little of, bit. Hmm, I don't know, man. I don't know. That would be my guess. I don't know, based on the subject matter. All right, let's get to this week's feedback. Yes, we got a ton of it. Jesus. Uh, Malika says, I'm going to raise the prediction stakes about how walt will meet his end i think Uh-oh. walt jr will kill his dad whoa <laughs> yeah throughout the series he has been innocent and as with walt senior going off the path and skyler going to the dark side in season four the final season will be walt jr's turn from the beginning villigan has dressed him in attire with black in it pretty much all black mm-hmm. uh his dad calling him jesse's name leads me to believe jesse will team up with him for walt's demise in some way hmm uh, lastly, Skyler will be the meth addict, and Walt is going to cheat with Lydia. Hmm. Oh, that would make one of your predictions come true. Yeah, I do think as creepy as Walt's being now and entitled, uh, if Skyler continues to not put out, to be hmm. crude about it, that that's going to move him to... Yeah, I could see him and Lydia. Yeah, that's a pretty good prediction. <laughs> Just because you made it. No, I'm saying about him hitting, <laughs> knocking boots with Lydia in particular. Okay. She's yeah. kind of the same sort of pain in the ass that he is. I could hmm. see them hitting it off. I know there's a direct connection between them with Mike. Mm-hmm. Maybe. The other Kevin F. says, 
first when Walt set up uh, the finding of the ricin and Jesse broke down crying, that was the moment when I decided Walt is no longer an anti-hero, but more the true villain of the final season. See? I kind of agree with him. I don't think there's a big villain for the final season. I think it's Walt. It's Walt. That it would needs be, to be That Walt. would be awesome. Yeah. That would be awesome. He is the danger, you know? Mm-hmm. He's the one who knocks. He mm-hmm. needs to be that in the final season. So I'm I'm all on board with that. He's the one who knocks boots with Lydia. <laughs> uh, he goes on to say, second, instead of magical, this episode should have been called Cold as Mike. <laughs> because the man's ice cold in all situations, cold even when the Mike. heat's on. Yeah, he is. Uh, I know it's been talked about on the cast, but the Negro Iazul music video theory has lost most of its merit. Uh-oh, Aaron. Hmm. If we're to believe the first scene in episode one of season five is in fact real, how does it compare against the bald dead man in the video versus the rather full head of hair he's sporting at that point? Does he shave it again, or was the music video just that? Well... Uh, to defend my defend, bullsh- defend my bullshit theory, I will say that if that is the last, if that's supposed to be episode fifteen, mm-hmm. I'm pretty much fucked. <laughs> yeah. If, however, that is going to be the open of season five point two, mm-hmm. Walt's taking medication. He could be back in chemo and bald by the end of the series. I want to see somebody edit that picture where he's looking down in the trunk with the M60. Put a razor right next to it. <laughs> he's about to shave his head and go to battle. <laughs> All righty. All right. Uh, Grant from Vancouver. Hey, guys. We're just listening to your podcast about episode 501. You guys discussed Walter's finances and how you didn't understand how he was broke and couldn't afford to pay for the magnet job. Not sure if you remember, but Saul's secretary shook down Walt for Saul's number. He needed to get in touch with Saul. He, Walt even had to sneak back into his house to grab the remaining money. Uh, yeah, I thought there was more than 25000 left, but we kind of talked Agreed. about that. Agreed. Uh, also, he has a question. The man who sold Walt the rifle at the start of 501, is that the same man that sold Walt a handgun? It sure is. sure is. Uh, I forget his name at the moment, but that's the same guy. Uh, Isn't it? Same Louie-looking motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, the guy that plays Sheriff Shelby. Isn't it like Jim Neighbors? Yeah, I I don't remember his... Jim Beaver. I don't remember his name in the show. Oh, right. I don't don't think he has a name. He does have a name. Does he? It's on the Breaking Bad wiki, but I I can't look it up at the moment. Uh, James, also known as the White Gus Spring, self-dubbed, I guess. Uh, I don't think we've heard the last of the Germans and can prove the point with reference to two two Tom Cruise films. Uh, Collateral, in which the FBI talk about Stasi, uh, the secret police in East Germany. Sure. Hiring themselves out to cartels. And Mission Impossible 3, in which a helicopter full of German mercenaries rescue Philip Seymour Hoffman Hoffman on the bridge. If we're in for that kind of gun battle or just up against that kind of highly disciplined hit squad, it will be epic. Do you want to see an epic battle? I mean, is that where we're headed with the M60? Dude, we got a machine gun in play. There's uh-huh. going to be some epic last stand. There's I going so. to be. I hope so. Jeff from Rochester has some predictions on where Walt and Jesse's relationship is going. He says, I've been following Walt's character for the majority of the show and have seen him as a center point for everything that occurs. But in a way, I feel that this week's episode was tremendous in foreshadowing Jesse's evolution from Walt's lapdog to his own character and eventually an opposing force to Walt. How so? First, despite occurring later in the episode, was Mike's commentary about how Jesse blindly follows Walt no matter what happens and whether Jesse will ever figure it out. Couple this with the first scene where Walt directly manipulates Jesse and plays with his emotions with the fake ricin, a clear depiction of how Jesse is being pulled closer and closer into Walt's influence can be seen. Hmm. Uh... And I, I totally buy that. 
With Mike teaming up with the two, I foresee that Jesse will be in the middle of a power struggle, Mike pulling one way and Walt the other, with Jesse ultimately becoming a danger to Walt, forcing Walt to turn on him. Uh, my question here is why he thinks that Mike is going to win that battle. Well, okay, so Jesse trusts Mike in a similar way sure. that he trusts, and he thinks the bad guy's Gus. I think that if Mike said, whoa, you think the boss poisoned... Well, he knows he didn't poison Brock. That was already a misunderstanding. Yeah. Hmm. Is it possible that Mike knows more about... Because he was the one that helped Jesse clean up that problem with... Uh, his ex-girlfriend, his dead girlfriend, Jane. That's right. Is yeah. it possible that maybe Mike knows more about that situation than he than he's let on? I don't think so, because what was? Yeah, uh, yeah, that that would be a bit of a stretch, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, my thing is, is just that Mike cares for Jesse in a genuine way. Mm-hmm. Walt doesn't. Jesse's not a complete fucking idiot. I think yeah. he will get that over given time. And I actually agree with him here. I think with all the manipulation that we've seen and all of the things that Walt has done to Jesse, there kind of needs to be a falling out. I yes. mean, there doesn't have to be, but I would kind of feel less than satisfied if Walt never got any consequences for that. Right. You know, I don't mm. want him to get off scot-free. Right. With Jesse. Uh, finally, he he sent a link to a couple of videos, which are really good. Um, there's basically this, like, fan-made opening sequence for Breaking Bad, which shows, like, different clips for all of the the characters in it in the style of the Breaking Bad intro with all, like, the periodic tables kind of zooming in and out mm-hmm. and... It's really cool. Uh, we'll have to post a link to that YouTube video because uh, it's kind of awesome. Nick S. writes in, says, I think Mike will die sometime before the end of the first eight episodes. It seems that these eight will be about the business side of cooking, and the final eight will be more family-centric with Hank and Skyler taking down Walt. Plausible. Plausible predictions. I want to say that there was uh, a prediction by one of our Facebook fans, Juan. Uh-huh. And he thought it would be interesting to see if, uh, you know, because we said we we need a showdown between Walt and Jesse. What if Jesse never finds out and, in fact, sacrifices himself for the sake of Walt and his family? Oh, that's what I said. It's like brutal. Yeah, but that would be dramatically interesting, right? Yeah, certainly. So, yeah, that the confrontation would be interesting as well, but that would almost be worse. The guy we care the most about over the edge and that's the confrontation. Right. I I'm, I kind of don't think Mike's going to live this throughout the these eight episodes. Yeah, maybe not. I do like that prediction though. That's, I do too. That's a good theory. Ted M writes in. I thought this episode showed Mike's limitations very well, while uh-huh. still keeping his background as a total badass as well. Uh, I wasn't impressed with how he handled the interrogation. Uh, his lies were thin and not very convincing. Contrast that with how Walt handles a similar situation. He comes up with a viable alternative uh, reality that is totally false, like Gus did last season when Hank dragged him in front of the DEA uh, over the Gale thing. Mike doesn't seem capable of doing that. Mm. You buy that? Yeah. You think Mike is less sophisticated in his lies? Mm. 
I don't know, man. Mike's got a pretty good poker face slash voice. He delivers everything the same way. Like, I even yeah. thought it was interesting when he's talking to his daughter, his granddaughter. It wasn't like he was a different person. It was still Mike. He mm-hmm. was just Mike relaxed around his granddaughter. Yeah. You know, like, some people are like, I'm different around my kid. Mm-hmm. Mike doesn't seem like he is. He's just the same guy. He just yeah. doesn't kill people around him, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think he's pretty he's got that internal consistency going for him that might carry the day all right um he also wonders about the uh the final scene whether or not that was rape i think we talked about that mm-hmm. uh diamond rattler says solid episode but again like you guys said last week about a four to six on the breaking bad scale really wow really okay fair enough. that that there you go it just goes to show different strokes different folks definitely uh, Lydia already gets on his nerves, apparently. And yes. The, by design. she's She seems like she's played as a pain in the ass. Can we, can we say the, the Firewall and Iceberg podcast, didn't you say they thought her accent was fucking horrible? Yes. Well, Daniel Feinberg did. I thought it was spot on. I did not detect. But she had that kind of, um, like, Julianne Moore in The Big Lebowski, <laughs> where she's kind of got this weird kind of... Uh, you know, very uh, old-timey way of she's talking. A little bit. A little yeah. Kate Blanchett from The Aviator. <laughs> no, I don't get that one. Yeah, so I, I, I feel like maybe um, instead of trying to do an authentic American accent, she did a an odd one that played up to her strengths. Well, she she had a weird speaking pattern, I guess. Yes. But her accent was fine. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I think she chose, however she chose to do it, I did not get the fact that she doesn't sound American. I thought yeah. I got the she's an odd duck, uh-huh. which you wanted to get from her. Sure. So sure. Um, he also says the Mike Hank confrontation was awesome, of course, uh, and he hopes they have some other showdowns. Uh, it, he also says, and it looks like it's a matter of time before Skyler breaks and goes to Hank or completely leaves Walt. What are your thoughts on Skyler? Will she man up and listen to Walt uh, that what he's doing he's doing for the family, or will she break? I don't know. I think she's already broke. Insufficient evidence. I don't know that she can live with being raped many more nights. <laughs> you know? It's like how she's tortured right now. Well, we kind of saw this in season one and two where, you know, she gets to a certain point and then this defiant streak kicks in. So mm-hmm. now unless she's just so pants-shitting terrified of Walt that that's going to override that. And that's what we're seeing now, a, a broken, almost catatonic Skylar White. And it's not that she's just afraid of Walt. Yeah, that's in there. But if it weren't for her family and the consequences that going sure. to the police would sure. reap on her family, right? she would do it. Not I, I have just no doubt. her family, including Hank and Marie. Exactly, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think that. that's really the thing that's keeping her with Walt right now. Uh, Tom A writes in and says, I'm going to keep this simple. Walt thinks that he is Gus. I don't like him. I felt absolutely terrible for Jesse when he's crying and saying, how could I be so stupid? Agree. Agree, Tom. Yep. Uh, Dave M. from Pennsylvania says, who would have thought that Hank and Mike's first time on screen together would be just an interrogation? That being said, it was an amazing scene. Both actors nailed it. Sure so was. much more thought out and intense than a shootout. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I wouldn't have liked to see a shootout between them. Yeah. I think this scene was perfect. Totally. Baka T in ABQ Baka. says, did you notice the picture on Mike's fridge? Oh, yeah, this is the this is the one. When he's proposing the three-way partnership, 
Uh, it says blue is good, yellow is bad. Uh, it seems the show uses well. a lot of color symbolism, so maybe something to keep an eye on. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Mike M. says, I felt an ominous foreshadowing for Junior. He leaves breakfast early and asks Walt to say goodbye for me to Mom and Holly. If it is, if it is indeed a clue, I will have to pay. it will have to pay off quickly before it grows cold, maybe in the next episode. Junior's so never coming home. Yeah, that's that's kind of what he's suggesting. He'll there. be killed on the mean streets of the ABQ. <laughs> Fair enough. Windy. Uh, professional podca- podcast critic Daniel W.B., this wrap-up season has all the same great style, cinematography, and acting that we've come to expect, but the writing seems a little suspect. Hmm. Character behavior seems wildly inconsistent this year. How so? <laughs> Mike can't wait to shoot Walt one week. The next week he's going into business with him. Walt's running for his life in a quivering mess at the end of the last year, and now he's a kingpin calling all the shots and bullying everyone around him. I think there's an explanation for that. He killed Gus. Yes. Uh, Skyler is a philandering bitch, <laughs> and then a criminal mastermind, and then a frightened shutdown puddle. Fair enough. I feel like I buy those character twists, though. Like, Mike, yeah. I, I thought they did a good job showing that Mike was confident and, like, you know, you're going to blow yourself up. I don't have to. And then, oh, fuck. Uh-huh. I got to get money, or this whole thing is going to get away from me. Yeah, I That I seemed natural to twist, me. Yeah. yeah. Sure. What about... That's why I'm not a professional podcast critic. <laughs> what about Saul going from having all the answers after a lifetime as a convincing schmuck to a punching bag? Well, that is a little bit harder for me to buy. The f- complete change that's come over Saul. Like, he wasn't himself. Yeah. He wasn't cracking jokes. I mean, I guess the Irish... Uh, you know, winning the Irish lottery was kind of kind of a joke, kind of an off-color joke, but he just wasn't himself. I think this all stems from Walt killing Gus. Sure. Everything. Skyler's demeanor, uh, Walt's demeanor, Saul's demeanor, everything. Right. It all comes from him killing Gus. Right. Um, Brian C. has a couple of predictions. He says that Walt will make... Mike, his next fall guy for the alias of Heisenberg. And he has a couple points to support that. He says in episode 501 during the magnet Mm. heist, Mike is the only one not wearing a mask and his bald head is easily visible by the camera before he sprays it. Yeah, but (laughs) you going after every bald head in Albuquerque? Come on now. (laughs) Or even in the show. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If it's accurate representation of the population size. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I like the theory. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know the, any of the evidence, you know, because obviously... Here's some more for you. Okay. In episode 208, Badger's busted by the DEA, gives him a description of Heisenberg. He says he's white, oh, bald, it does look like. medium height, and built. He also commented on his age. Badger says he's 50 to 70 or something. Yes. Walt's 50, but 70 is closer to Mike's age, 65. Yes. And he does, that dude that they picked up does look a lot like Jonathan Banks. Uh-huh. And another one, in episode 502 during Mike's interrogation... Hank reveals that Mike was Gus's highest paid employee. Could possibly make him the muscle or maybe even the cook. I could see. Mm. Yes, this is starting to sound hot. Yeah. So he's piecing the puzzle together. So he's going to go take the fall for Heisen as Heisenberg. Yeah. And that's one last misdirection that Walt can use to throw Hank off his trail. Yeah. Jesse B has some thoughts on the latest episode. Mike has made a mistake. After promising Walt last season that he would make no more half measures, 
he just has. Yep. With Lydia. Yep. After being told not to make an emotional decision, he did. He should have just took off like he said he was. Sort of annoying, but he knows better. Hard to leave your granddaughter. Uh, Hard to leave that Kaylee. Also, a new big bad. Isn't it too late to be bringing in a new one? I think that guy is just a smokescreen. I think the bad guy is Walt, and his conflict will be Mike, not the head man at Magical. I, I buy that. I buy that, too. Shep writes in, uh, or as I call him from now on, the Crystal Shep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he says, wow, what a comeback. Madrigal was magical. Even if I tried, I don't think I could find one thing to pick on. Man, I agree. Yeah, there's not something that I, there's not a thing I didn't like about the episode. Uh, he has Except a couple- for, the, you know, Walt Rape and Skyler. No, oh, yeah, it's no fun. Uh, he has a couple notes. Besides the bald theme, there's also a little goatee crew working. Mike has a tightly shaved look. While Walt and Gomi are ripe for a showdown with the monster bushes they're sporting. <laughs> yeah, you think there's going to be a goatee on goatee action? No. No. <laughs> uh, Jesse refers to the RV as the Crystal Ship, which is the name of a door song. I'm not sure how many people know that, but you're about to hear it after the, mm-hmm. the break here. Got that shit queued up. Uh, some say the song is an obvious drug reference, while others argue, about, um, argue that it's about one of Morrison's past loves. So there's various interpretations. It could be both. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, Vince Gilligan, in a the Villigan in an article that I read, uh, said that everyone likes the doors on the staff, but nobody's ready to put up posters. So it's not like they intentionally referenced that song or, or made any inference into it. Um, and also the thing on his website says Crystal Ship. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's been there all along. Right. It's not something they just made up. Right. Uh, Jamar M says but the term itself is a reference to the song. Surely, why else? Yeah, yeah. I guess, but it doesn't have any like deeper meaning. Oh, okay, with the song, I, I don't know. think the song has deeper meaning. It's nonsense <laughs> lyrics, as far as I can tell. No, come on. You write songs about things. I don't think Jim Morrison necessarily does. Maybe. And I post his whole catalog as evidence. <laughs> Light my fire. That is certainly about something. He was Beck before Beck was cool. Yeah, he was. So good call. Uh, Jamar M says, I think that the reason Skylar looks sick and is so tired is because she's pregnant and the baby is Ted's. <laughs> what do you think about that theory? Uh, I'm not dignifying that with a witty response. <laughs> okay. Uh, he also thinks that Walt Jr. is going to get in a car accident because of all the, the foreshadowing there. I, that that could be. You like that? All right. I'll, yeah. give you, I'll, so, I'll, I'll score. I'll, I'll yeah, you, you're 50-50 you. there. Yeah, marking down for 500 uh alex c has a couple questions and some crazy predictions Uh some really crazy predictions i'm buckled in uh his questions first did gomez recognize mike's voice from the postal worker phone call how would he He i don't know he wasn't talking yeah he wasn't talking to gomi so there no yeah um also what happens to all that money in the cayman island accounts it's gone it's called forfeiture yeah the dea confiscation if if you're not familiar with the term get pulled over carrying ten thousand dollars on your person and you will become intimately aware of forfeiture what yeah what if it's legit it doesn't matter why if you have cash and no receipt you you like you say you are kidding me no the police can anything over ten thousand dollars including ten thousand dollars can be seized uh on the presumption that it's drug money that is bullshit it is bullshit but it's a true it's a it's true life i believe you but that is total horseshit. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's get on to the crazy predictions he's got. Hank had a wry smile when he said that the video was encrypted. Even if it was, I bet he got something else from the laptop, like Gus's family photos and or porn stash. <laughs> something Gus would have thought innocuous that will actually lead Hank somewhere. 
No? You think it was encrypted? Uh... I don't think my I don't know why Hank would have lied unless he knows that Gomez or Mercurt is dirty or he himself is dirty as we discussed. <laughs> or he himself is dirty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure Hank's real dirty. He is pointing Filthy. him right to Gus. Uh, another crazy prediction: Lydia is Gus's adopted daughter, and she's a spoiled brat. Oh, there you go. Could be. Right. Uh, it's about the right age, right? maybe uh walt's house is going to explode with jesse right outside uh the inner wall where walt hid the ricin will topple over and jesse will discover the truth he will then take the ricin again and try to poison walt (laughs) that's a pretty crazy (laughs) prediction but hey he he told us they were crazy the explosion will disperse the ricin's aerosol killing everyone in the abq yep no more 505 area code or whatever it is. Yeah. Walt's not content to be, you know, Scarface. He wants to be Dr. Evil. <laughs> Fair enough. Tom G says he has a couple of thoughts on season uh, five, episode two. Having seen what happened to Merkert when Hank realizes Walt is Heisenberg, he will also realize his career is over, which we think he just did. Uh-huh. Uh, Hank is going to have to choose between a career as a mall cop and or joining Walt. Uh-huh. Hmm. Uh, he also wants to know, does Walt really care about Jesse? Was that real compassion? He doesn't think so. Mm-hmm. The uh, the back rub there, I would agree. I, I think at this point, he doesn't really care so much about Jesse. Mm-hmm. He has some predictions, too. Uh, Chekhov's scotch tape behind an outlet cover ricin <laughs> will be used on Mike. Okay. All right. Could be. Plausible. Uh, season 5, episode 16, M60 meets Grey Matter, Elliot and Gretchen. Then, suicide by cop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it could happen. Uh, Lydia's, a lot of takes on Lydia. Lydia's baby's daddy is Gus. So we kind of <laughs> went there earlier. What do you make of the fact that Lydia rhymes with chlamydia? <laughs> Is there I something there? Nothing of that. <laughs> I haven't even taken the time to dismiss that. It's so unworthy. <laughs> okay. Uh, finally, Nick CR writes in. I think Lydia is going to be a major character. This is Nick from Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah. Ontario. Uh huh. He does the Tucker's whole block. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right. Uh, he thinks Lydia is going to be a major character. Perhaps Walt's new antagonist. Despite her not having any street smarts, it appears at this point that she is the highest level person left from the Madrigal slash Gus drug operation. I'm going to be very curious to learn more about her background and why she's involved in the meth business. Uh, She obviously has a highly paid executive position, so there must be another purpose to her illegal activity, not the money. Hmm. Uh, It also appears that she strongly fears abandoning her daughter. Maybe she was abandoned by someone important in her life in the past. Perhaps she has some strong connection with Gus past in Chile. Hmm. We don't know her last name. Could it be Arseniega? Hmm. <laughs> Might she be Max's sister? A lot of speculation on this girl. No, I don't think that is... No, I don't think any of those things are true. <laughs> okay. So here's the real crux of the feedback. Uh-huh. Mercurt. Uh-huh. Mercurt. I don't know how you say it. Mercurt. Is he dirty? He's I've not. got pros and cons. Not. He's out. He's right, out, well, so he can't be dirty. Well, i got a couple people who are making cases. Nick S. thinks, she, thinks that he's dirty. He says, I'm completely confident that Mercurt is dirty. I do not think Gomi is hiding anything anymore. I emailed last week showing you the picture of Hank foreshadowing Mercurt being dirty by pointing to him and Gus with his quad cane in sure. season four. Sure, I believe Hank is starting to question Mercurt's relationship with Gus as well. 
Eh, flimsy case, Nick. Flimsy case. Let's move on to Mercurt is clean. Mm-hmm. Dave from or Dave M from Pennsylvania says Vince Gilligan has said he has so much respect for the DEA that he um, and they've helped him so much with the production of the show that he would not have a dirty DEA agent. Ooh, that's that's a condemning. Hard, that's that's a hard one to get overcome. Yeah, how about I these? just felt a little part of my theory die. <laughs> uh, these are actually pretty good. From KB Carey, he says he, he makes a strong case for why there wasn't a mole in the DEA. He says Gus would not have needed Tyrus to sit outside the DEA office and spot Hector going in if there were a mole. Mm. He also would have known that Hector didn't say anything to the DEA uh, before he when he went into the DEA office. True, because strong, yeah, because Gomi and Mercurt were both there for the de- deposition. Yep. Uh, he also says before the trip to Mexico <sighs> with the cook and showdown with the cartel, Mike and Gus discussed the possibility of a perfect storm with Hank and the cartel. He says he knows that Hank's on his own and not really with the DEA at that point, but Mike and Gus would have surely used DEA connection to sidetrack Hank if they had one. I like the first point better. It's mm-hmm. it's really strong. Uh, I'm leaning towards Mercurt is clean. Yeah, and Gomi Same too. with Gomi, yeah. If, if the thing is, if Vince said that about the DEA, mm-hmm. and he goes back, that's, a, that's something he said in public, and he goes back on it? Yeah. Ooh. That seems. I don't feel like he's the type of guy that would do that, even for either. a dramatically appropriate thing like Gomi being dirty. And that's it. No more feedback. All right. I think that was enough. I felt like enough. Yeah, we're clocking another long episode this week. Sorry, people who don't appreciate that. I will initiate the outro sequence. Do it. If you would like to add to our tsunami wave of feedback, <laughs> no, I made deep cuts this week. Deep. Oh, to the bone. Still had nine pages and. Forty-five minutes of feedback. Was the first cut the deepest? <laughs> no, it was the second. Actually. It never is. That's the thing. That's the Cheryl Crow. Yeah. Don't know what the fuck she's Bullshit. talking about. Well, she's she, never cut a thing. She only wipes with one square anyway. So <laughs> what? Some people will get that reference. Uh, you'll have to explain that to me off cast. We'll do. If you'd like to make our job more difficult, and please do, mm-hmm. email us at breakinggood at baldmove dot com. You can also join our burgeoning community. Uh, I'm pretty sure I butchered that at facebook.com slash bald move where we routinely have 80 to 90 comments on our episode threads uh, with a lot of smart people that have a lot of smart takes. Um, you can follow Jim at Twitter at bald move. He's you've been doing some little live tweeting, haven't you of late? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you'd like to encourage that behavior, discourage, uh, encourage it. Encourage I want people it. to get on Twitter during the show and talk with me. Uh, you can help us out, hopefully, by leaving positive reviews in iTunes. Uh, those I don't know. If you, I don't know if you new listeners realize, but every time you give us a positive rating or leave us a review, it makes our rank rise a little bit higher in iTunes search algorithms. So when people are searching for Breaking Good, or I'm sorry, Breaking Bad, that bastard David Chin. Uh, he gets buried and we get on top of him and we can be uh-huh. more successful than him. And that's really all we want. We're a hate based organization <laughs> outreach. Um, so you can do that. That helps us out a lot. Tell a friend, uh, share our links on Facebook. That would help out as well. And also if you want to help us keep the lights on, um, you can use our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.ballmove.com. And really if you're shopping on Amazon and you're not using the amazon.ballmove.com, you are history's greatest monster. Uh, Sta- Stalin, Mayo, Hitler, mm-hmm. 
Cons. Nothing on them. Nothing on them. Both cons. You both just, Genghis and Wrath Kubla Khan. <laughs> even Kubla. You, you've left them in the dust, man. <laughs> Leaving that fucking Amazon money to Jeff Bezos not giving us any taste. Yeah, not even a taste. Money? We want our beaks wet, man. So help us out. If you do that, uh, that would uh, make our smiles really big. And you'd be slightly less of a monster. You got a lot, a lot of a hole to dig yourself out of if that's what you've been doing this whole time. But you can start atoning now. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Guilt people into Yeah, that's I'm trying like. something new. Uh-huh. I'm trying something new. Sure. Uh, that's all I've got. We're ready for the Consider the Spoiler segment. We don't really have enough of a spoiler segment to make a difference. Do we want to do the next week on Breaking Bad? We can. Or do we just want to call it cast? I'm kind of lean. I don't think we have at this point in the season enough spoilers to yeah to talk about. Yeah, and I doubt there are going to be enough spoilers to talk about. I think they're going to clamp down. Okay, not let this final season be plagued by spoilers like last season was. We got screenshots of Gus's face blown off way ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, we did yeah. uncomfortably ahead of time. Yeah, um, but I'm telling you what, uh, I think that's the people got their money's worth. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, we will play you out with the sound of the doors, the crystal ship. Yep. Till next week, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you then. The crystal ship is being filled A thousand girls, a thousand thrills of